Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of How She Did It. As always, I so appreciate you coming to hang out with us. So make sure after this episode is over, before you leave, you hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. So most recently, you have seen this week's guest on ESPN. She joined the network back in March of this year as a studio digital and radio host. Now, before joining the network, she most recently worked as a weekend anchor and host for ABC7 in Los Angeles. And she's a former athlete in her own right, having swam competitively for 17 years and collegiately at the University of Southern California. I am so excited for you to get to learn more about her as she answers some of your questions too. Here is Ashley Brewer. for taking time out of your a very busy life to make some time to join the show. I so appreciate you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. You're so sweet and so happy to chat with other girls in the business and just get to know you. And um, I love what you do with your podcast and the way that you tell other people's stories while inspiring others. And I think it is so necessary and I just am so happy to be here. That is so sweet of you to say. Thank you. It's like, you know, usually I start to get like a little teary eyed by the end of the episode <laughs> after like listening to everyone's stories, but like you've got me feeling a little emotional in the first 30 Aww. seconds. <laughs> we'll keep it fun and happy. Yes. Um, speaking of fun and happy, saw you're a big Dodger fan. Oh my goodness. So I'm actually wearing my Dodger hat right now <laughs> as we speak and um, it's freezing out in Connecticut. So I'm like, you know, I got to bet my West Coast life and my West Coast self as yes. much as I can out here because I'm so far away. But oh my goodness, that was just the most, one, like a roller coaster, but two, just the most wonderful night when they won. And um, just I just love those guys. Like for me, when I was in LA, I got to cover every professional team and college team when I was working out there. And by far, I love those Dodgers and I love working with those Dodgers more than any other team. That's not a slight to any other team, but they're just the best group of guys. They have so much fun. They love each other. They always treated me with so much respect and kindness. I always felt so comfortable and uh, just had so much great experience with them and Dave Roberts, especially their manager. So I'm just so happy for them. It's <laughs> been a long time coming. So finally, after 32 years, they got it done. Well, you mentioned the time that you spent working and living in LA. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because, you know, I think that it can seem so obvious in moments to think like, oh, ESPN, of course. But I mean, it's a huge life-changing move to yeah. pick up and go across the country by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask how you decided that that was the right move for you at this point in your life. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And I would say the first three months of being out here were some of the hardest and status of my life, to be honest. It was just a huge life change. And I would wake up every morning, like almost not recognizing myself and my life and being like, where am I? Like, what am I doing? And I also moved the first week of the pandemic. So like, there could not have been worse timing in where I came out. And 
you know, I'm sitting alone and I don't know a soul out here. I didn't have a single friend and I was only working a couple days a week. And for a while I was working from home. Um, it was definitely a lonely period of time. I mean, the decision to come out here was, was like impossible to be honest, because I loved my gig in LA. I was so happy. Um, every day going to work was just like, I was so excited. I never dreaded it. It was so much fun. Like I said, I got to cover the best groups of guys on these great teams in LA. And so when I was offered the job, I really was like, you know, I'm not really sure I want this. Um, and I told my agent, I'm just not sold on it. I don't think I can do it. And we went back and forth with ESPN on honestly for a couple months, um, debating whether or not I should take it. I just was not super sold. And I almost felt like guilty because I'm like, you know, when I got into this job, the, the dream is get to ESPN and, you know, be on ESPN. That's the top of the business. That's the biggest and best thing you can do. And then I get offered it. And I just was like, I don't know, you know, should I do it? it was so difficult, but um, it was a huge leap of faith. And, you know, I think now, and I still stand by this and I tell people this to take the risk. And it's not like you're stuck anywhere forever. You know what I mean? And I think like being young, I'm still 28 years old and I I have a full life ahead of me. And I just thought, you know, if I didn't take this, I could see myself being 40 years old someday with a bunch of kids sitting at home thinking like, what could I have done if I had really pursued my career and really taken that next step? You know, where would I have landed? What would life have been like? And I truly think I would have regretted that. So I'm really proud of myself. And um, it's not to say it ended up being like the most perfect and happy thing. It was the biggest struggle I think I've been through in my life um, because I went through so much change personally and professionally. But I sit here now today in November, you know, just wow, thank God I did this. And what a blessing. And I truly understand this is where I'm meant to be. And everything that's happened in the last, you know, six, eight months was exactly what needed to happen. So I'm, that's a long way of saying it turned out to be a huge blessing. And I'm so happy I did it. You, I was reading, were a swimmer for 17 years, Mm -hmm. swimmer at USC. What is maybe something that you learned as an athlete that you've been able to translate over in to your career and, and just your life now? 100% it's the work ethic. Um, yeah. Since I was in seventh grade, I started swimming before and after school, two a days in seventh grade. Like I was 12 years old. It was crazy, but I learned through swimming, which is just a crazy lifestyle in itself as far as the training and the sacrifices you have to make to be a a really successful swimmer. Um, I didn't really have a life, honestly. My whole life was swimming. My whole life was training and getting ready for practice the next day. And at the height of my career, I was training six to eight hours a day. And then I retired and I got right directly into TV. And I was like, this is a walk in the park as far as commitment level and the hours. And, And not to say that what I do at all is easy, but compared to what I was doing with swimming, where I didn't do anything else besides eat, sleep, and swim. That's all I did. Now, um, I, I am so busy, and, you know, TV is a very demanding career, 
But um, I think swimming prepared me for what it was going to take because I remember getting in my first job in Tucson and a lot of people couldn't handle it. They were mm-hmm. like, well, I want to go to my friend's wedding and I can't go because we're in sweeps or, you know, I, I want to do this fun thing and take this vacation, but I can't because, you know, I have some big show. And I was like, I've, first of all, I've never gotten to do anything fun and personal and <laughs> I've never gotten to have a, really a social life. So I got into TV thinking like, man, this is pretty nice. I get two weeks vacation. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and so I, I, from day one, have been like psychotically just obsessed and poured my life into this and I was prepared for it. I want to confirm yes or no. Is it true that you don't swim like you haven't even gotten in a pool? Oh my God, no. I will not touch a pool. I just won't do it. Um, It was one of those things that I was so ready to move on from when I was nearing the end of my career that I really was like the thought of a pool and being cold and waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, like, makes me like just almost like have a shiver down my spine like it just (laughs) freaks me out so no I really was ready to walk away from it I'm so grateful for swimming and what it did for me and it got me to USC which helped me get into TV and I think everything takes you and leads to the next spot where you're meant to be so I'm I'm so grateful for my swim career but I definitely never want to do it again well yes like you mentioned now we see you on television all over uh, what is a moment maybe you can reflect on where you thought, well, I can combine my love for sports and turn this into a career? That's a good question because I really weirdly like fell into it. Um, I think I got to the point in my senior year where I was a sociology major at USC. And I remember probably like the fall of that semester, knowing my swim career was going to end and that would be it and not ever having an internship, never having job experience and just thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do when May comes around? Like, what the (laughs) heck? So I remember like having a conversation with my mom, like, do we have any contacts? Do we know anybody in sports TV? And we went through a couple of different family friends and um, I got one internship interview and it was with ABC7 in LA. And I got that through uh, one of my mom's old friends from Phoenix and got the, uh, got the internship and mostly just got it, I think, because one, I was an athlete. So I think they figured I knew a lot about sports. And um, two, I, I think that they were impressed that I had such a wide knowledge of so many different sports. And I really knew baseball and I really knew football and I could talk the ins and outs of like what were happening. And I think that honestly set me apart when I started working. And then I would go out and do interviews for them and hold the mic and and sit in scrums and just talk to people. And I think it showed that I really knew what I was talking about and I had some natural talent. And so everything just kind of evolved from there. But I, like, I do remember calling my mom and just being like, what, what am I going to do with my life? And really like just being very lost in college. Your mom, having worked as a newscaster, I saw that all of your siblings were also Division One athletes. Yeah. Um, crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. How would you describe the influence your family have had on what is now this thing you've yeah. turned into a, a lifelong <laughs> career? I would not be sitting here in Bristol, Connecticut, doing what I'm doing without my family. And 
if I were an only child, like this would not happen. I 100% credit my siblings and the way I was raised and the way my parents raised us um, to the reason why I'm here. Because from literally the, the earliest memories of my life, it was my dad taking us to Suns games and taking us to Diamondbacks games and Coyotes games and just being around sports. And my dad was always the coach of all of the baseball teams. And my brothers were always playing baseball. And I was at every game and practice for them because I'd go from swimming and, you know, my, I was one of five kids. So my mom would just say, okay, you're going to your brother's baseball game with me because I don't have time to drop you off. So I was at the baseball field every single night with my brothers and just being around athletes since my earliest days of life. And, you know, just talking about sports and talking about what we were doing and what our interests were. Like, the conversations were just always revolving around sports in my family. And so that, to me, was really, I think, what set me up to be successful in this career. Well, in addition to working in sports, uh, you have also worked in a other kind of games, the Bachelor Winter Games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of going to be the fun little lead-in to this small game we'll play. Okay. Um, so I would like you to give a rose to <laughs> these different moments in your life, right? Not a, It can be anything you think of. Okay. Very, very flexible here on my show. <laughs> Love it. This is so great. who is someone that you would thank for being a mentor to you? Oh, wow. You know, I would have to say my mom, actually. And um, it's funny because obviously she was – in television during the 1980s, she was a news anchor. Um, and then I got into television really, I think because of her and, and just knowing, okay, well, it's something my mom did. Maybe I have some natural talent. But I, since the day I've gotten in TV, she's the first person I call after every show. And I still do it even after my sports centers now because I, I'm always like, mom, how, what did you think? How did I do? Was this okay? And she actually has the knowledge of, like she sat in an anchor desk and she worked in a television station and in the newsroom. So she totally has, has gotten it and understands what I go through and what I'm doing and um, gives me advice on everything. And so I go to her more than anyone, but I would say besides that, someone who is on television, um, Carissa Thompson to me is a role model and someone I look up to and someone who's always looked out for me and been such a great friend. And um, I really aspire to be like Carissa. So those two. Yes, like why just a single rose? Okay, yeah. the flowers. I mean, there, there are to both so of them. many women that I can say <laughs> helped me, and like I'm just so grateful for so many people. But those two, I would say, are like top of the list. I love that. <laughs> okay, what is maybe one of your favorite memories as an athlete? Oh, it was the day that I qualified for the Olympic trials. It was the hundred backstroke, and it was a swimming called the Texas Invitational in Austin, Texas. And um, I just remember praying and training and working so hard because I wanted to be able to say that I swam in the Olympic trials. And I knew it's something that I could say for the rest of my life. And I really had a small window of that 2012 year because I knew I wouldn't be swimming in 2016. So I really wanted to qualify. And the second that I did, and I looked up at the scoreboard and and I made it, that was just like the ultimate best feeling of like, oh my gosh, like all my hard work finally paid off. So that was the best. 
Yes, now we're throwing flowers at you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so great. Okay, last one for our little game. Uh, and this one's kind of vague, but if you don't mind maybe sharing, a learning moment you can think back on. Oh, wow. I could sit here and think about that for a long time. For me, I think learning to prepare and seeing the the good shows I would have when I would be so over-prepared and then shows maybe where I didn't um, come in really with much behind me and maybe where, you know, I was busy or I was doing a lot of stuff in my social life. And, um, you know, I, I think when I am best is when, and when anyone is best is when you know what you're talking about and you have watched the games and when you've studied. And so I think I could probably like think of a couple of times where maybe I've been stumped on the air or um, someone would ask me a question and I would be like, oh, I don't know, you know, like you kind of freeze a little bit and yeah. you think, gosh, I should have watched that game or I should have read that, you know, that the story of that game. So I would have known so I would just say I've learned preparation is so important. And I think that's a really good point, too, because often questions that get asked, you know, or submitted to the show are how do you settle the nerves? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the preparation you're talking about plays a, a big role in that. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah, I, I just think I've seen myself be successful and I've seen myself be average at times yeah. because of of the time that I would invest into what I was doing. And so now I fully understand if I want to be great, if I want to be better than everyone else, which I am highly, highly motivated. Um, and I always believe I should be, um, that's going to happen only by putting in the work, studying, watching, and just really investing in what I'm doing. Well, like I told you already, we have some amazing fan questions for you. So I want to get to as many as we can. So first up, uh, we have Carolyn. My question for Ashley today is what advice would Ashley give her younger self when she was first starting her career? So I would tell myself to stop comparing myself to every other girl in the business and thinking that I had to be a certain way or I had to change certain things about me in order to be more professional or to sound a certain way and getting caught up in the movement of people's jobs and and where they were going and who was getting what jobs. I remember there was a point when I was in Tucson where I was like obsessed with trying to get to ESPN. It was so funny. Like I, I remember just thinking about it every single day. And, like, I was, like, a 23, 24-year-old girl who, like, had no experience. But I would see other girls getting jobs as, like, sideline reporters and doing other things that I wanted so bad. And I just remember, you know, I would get really down on myself. And I would think, what is she doing that I'm not doing? And she's my age, and she's a step ahead of me. And I have learned to just trust where you're at and work hard with where you're at. Take every opportunity with what you're doing and like really just believe in yourself and your ability and your time will come. And I remember like I got bummed because I didn't get one job. And then what do you know, a, a few days later I got offered a huge job in LA and my whole life changed. Um, yeah. 
So I, I just think not getting caught up in what anybody else in this business is doing, be happy for them. And that's where I find myself now. And I, I feel like, honestly, the past like five years of my career, I'm just so happy when I see other people doing great. And especially people that, that are nice people or other women in this business, it makes me so happy. So, um, yeah, I just think staying in your own lane. There's like this, you know, old old quote, and um, I always think about it. It's we won't be distracted by comparison if we're captivated with purpose. Wow, that is so good. Doesn't that look kind of like so hit? good? <laughs> There's another one too that that I love, and it, it's that comparison is the thief of joy. And Amen. it's so true. <laughs> you can sit and compare yourself with every other girl on TV. And it takes the joy away from today. And yeah. I just, I'm just so grateful for every day I get to do this. It's a blessing and it's a gift. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I get to do this every day. Who cares what anyone else is doing? Look what I'm doing. And right. that, that attitude has gotten me pretty far, I think. And, you know, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, they're comparing themselves to someone else. And it's like, who's going to be you? Holy no one can besides you. Um, oh and God. that's your, that's like the biggest power you have is, is yeah. more uniquely yourself. Yeah. And I think like in your twenties too, like you grow into your confidence a lot. Totally. And like I, I didn't know who I was and I thought I did when I was like 22, 23, starting out in this business. I'm 28 and I have a pretty good idea of who Ashley Brewer is. And I, I'm super confident in who I am. And I think it's, you know, one, I've always been confident, and I attribute that to being an athlete and being in sports and the way my parents raised me, as well as my faith and knowing that God created me in, in a certain way and gave me the gifts that he gave me. And some gifts I don't have, some gifts I do have, but um, I'm just so grateful for the ones I do, and I try to live up to those every day. Okay, our next question is going to be from Brian. We were kind of talking about this a little bit, obviously, throughout this entire episode, um, but if maybe you could just expand a little more. What was your path getting to ESPN, and what tips would you recommend getting there? I get that so often, and I totally get it because I remember asking the same question, but I also, like we were just talking about, like, comparison I get so many people that are like, what, how can I be exactly like Ashley Brewer? How yeah. can I get to where she got in the exact same time that she did? You know, I got into when I was 28. I got to ABC in LA when I was 24. Like, everyone wants my timeline. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, everyone in this, in this industry has a different path. We all mm -hmm. are going to be in different spots with different opportunities. And, um, I just want girls, especially who I know compare themselves to me, um, to know that you have your own unique path, and that is wonderful. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of this entire business. But how it really went was that I got my internship with ABC7 in LA when I was a senior in college that last semester. I made a reel from there, um, from just doing stand-ups and, and stuff like that with ABC. I got my first job in, when did I get that? I, I want to say September um, after graduation. I got my first job in Tucson, Arizona. That was my first TV job. And um, I was an anchor reporter at the ABC station in Tucson. 
And that was um, a great experience. And it was really difficult at times. And, you know, being someone who didn't go to journalism school, I had to learn everything there was about TV. But um, but it was a really great experience for me. And then two years later, um, October of 2016, I got offered, I got offered the job a few months before, but I got the job at ABC7 in LA. Um, and that was, to me, I think like one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. It was just the most fun of my life. And so many wonderful things came from it personally and professionally. And yeah, so I was there for three and a half years, and I had been in touch with ESPN, honestly, for a couple of years for a few different opportunities, and then the right one came, and I decided in late January of this year, 2020, that I was going to take the ESPN job. I moved out here in March and have been here ever since. This is a good lead into our next question. Um because as you talk about, you know, everyone's path is going to look different to wherever it is you want to be. But Katie says, For aspiring sportscasters in college, what would you recommend we do to get better? I would say get reps every single day. Whether that is, and now like especially in COVID and how different the world is now, I would say if you have like a home iPad or camera, if you could every single day or a few times a week, get in front of your camera and do a 20, 15 second stand-up, whatever it is, and pretend like you're talking about, and it could be something relevant today. It could be something as simple as, you know, Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton was put on the COVID reserve list today, you know, something really simple. But I have learned, especially in my early years, I got better by repetition and by doing it every day. And so I think if you could do that, even if it's just practice at home, but I think the more like staring at a camera, can I just say is like an unnatural thing. <laughs> like it's just, it's weird. Like we're used to humans to talk to human beings. So when you're standing there and you're staring at just a piece of metal and you're talking as if you're talking to a person, um, that takes some growing and getting used to. And so I think I saw myself grow a ton from the age of 22 when I started to 24, and it was just because I was on TV every day and and just doing so much um, constantly. It's, like, so funny to look back on, you know, work that, like, I did in college, and I'm, like, felt so confident in the time in it, you know, like, I don't understand why no one wants to hire me to just you know, be the new Rachel Nichols here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I look back. It's like the most oh. cringe thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I like, I, I can't even watch that first reel. Like it like so hurts me to watch because it's just like so cringeworthy and I just have so much baby fat on my face and I'm oh, just so clueless and, you know, you have a high voice and you're all excited and it's hilarious to look back. But um, it is, it's a great reminder too sometimes to just think like, Hey, I'm still that girl. Like I'm still right. the goofball, you know. I just, again, just you know, we had no experience, but it's it's hilarious. This is so funny to to look back on. Uh, I love this next question from David. Hey Ashley, my name is David Bentley. A uh, huge admirer of you, the work you do, and also how you live your faith out. My question for you is: obviously, I know you were really close with Kobe. 
during your time in L.A. Do you have a favorite Kobe story or maybe a memorable one you'd want to share? Thank you. Oh, now this is when I'm going to cry. I would say we had a really special conversation one week before his passing. That, to me, will forever be ingrained in my mind because it really was the last time I saw him and, and the last like leaving note that he left with me. Um, and that was hard just like when he did pass thinking that we had planned to actually take his kids to um, a hockey game. And, and at the time my ex-boyfriend was playing hockey out there and, he, you know, we were thinking, let's, let's take the girls to a hockey game and we can have, you know, them skate after the game. And, so that was hard when he passed thinking like, oh, you know, we had plans like next week and we were going to do something together. And so that that was really um, that was like sad and really hard to get over for a while because um, I just adored him. And um, I would say, though, my favorite, favorite memory was the first time I ever met him, because that was when I got to truly know who Kobe Bryant was. Um, I'd seen him, obviously, and adored him as an athlete my whole life, but I got to know the real Kobe that first meeting for the first time in my life, and I introduced myself and said, thank you so much for your time. He he had agreed to do a one-on-one, and I was so nervous, and I was like, thank you so much for your time, Kobe. I really appreciate it. He goes, and I said, I'm Ashley Brewer. It's nice to meet you, and he goes, Ash are you kidding me? I know who you are. I watch you every day with my wife. We love you. You're a superstar. You're going to be so huge. He was, then he sat there and and asked me a million questions, wanting to get to know me and um, asking me about my career and how I got into it and what I wanted to do and what he thought I should do. And and he took so much time when there were a bunch of people around trying to talk to him, (laughs) really being a human to human and being almost like a fan of mine, which I, I was like, wait, this guy, in my head, like, I feel like no one knows who I am. So if anyone ever like says, hi, oh my gosh, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. But for Kobe Bryant to know that I even existed was like the wildest thing in my life. But um, he was just so encouraging and motivating. And I know it's because he has daughters that wanted to work in women's sports as athletes or, you know, maybe in other areas someday. And so he wanted his girls to have the same opportunities and the success that I had. And so he was always so encouraging and and helpful with me in my career. And that's when I truly thought, like, no one knows how wonderful this guy truly is, but he is, like, the most amazing person. And he really, really was. And I got to know him for months and months on end. Um, and until his passing and, you know, we'd see each other and chat for a while for a handful of times. And every time I just walk away thinking, I want to be like that. Like he is just the most incredible person. And um, that I, I'm just thankful I have those memories with him more than anything. Did you just meet through working in sports in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. The first time I met him, um, we had a one-on-one interview set up. And he had just opened his Mamba Academy, and um, he really invested a lot of his post-playing time um, and retirement into trying to help other kids get better. And so he was um, doing interviews for that, and um, so that's when I first met him. It was the coolest thing ever. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Oh, yeah. So special. I appreciate you sharing on the show. Yeah. 
I usually like to end the podcast by asking this same question um, because I think that it's so important to celebrate others um, and that makes it become easy sometimes to forget to celebrate ourselves. And so what is something you are proud of yourself for? Um, One, I'm proud that I came out here to Connecticut and that I did this. Um, I had a great life in L.A. I had uh, a great personal life and and my family lived down the street from me. And it would have been the easy thing to do to stay and just keep riding that momentum that I was on in L.A. and staying in local I'm really proud of myself for taking a risk and doing something that was really painful and hard to do. And, um, you know, there were some consequences in my personal life and I miss my family every single day. And it's been really hard, but at the same time, I I am so proud of myself for finding the strength and getting through this difficult time in my life. And I think the second thing is that I have remained through my career uh, kind. And I think that is my greatest attribute. And I think one of the greatest things that God blessed me with was just the trait of kindness. And I always strive to be kind, even when it's difficult and even when I don't feel like it. And even when things aren't going my way or somebody says something mean to me on Twitter or someone at work says something mean about you, you know, there's there are so many difficult things about being in this business and there are so many hurtful things and hurtful people but um i think the way that i have treated people and the way i hope i always will will stay with me forever and so that's the one thing i really love about myself obviously this is well maybe those listening don't know this is the first time that we've ever gotten to talk like i've heard your voice personally um (laughs) but i i just i so feel your warmth like just through the phone um and that kindness and so i really appreciate you making time to join the show uh to, to give back to others and answering their questions um and to share different parts of your story oh i appreciate it so much and like I can't tell you how many DMs and messages I get from people. And so I'm so grateful for you sharing your platform and me being able to like share that with people and be able to answer the the billions of questions that people have. So thank you for doing this and having this outlet. And um, I'm just so excited and so happy to talk to you. Thank you for saying that. Ah! You know, I'm trying to cut the tears. Here we go. Wrapping it up. Thank you again for joining, and thank you guys for listening this week. For Ashley Brewer, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time.